happy to be bringing you another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women talk about stuff. Special shout out to the men listening. We love your encouragement. This is Unabashed You from the men's point of view. Our guest today, Pat, coined that phrase, and it sounds pretty good to me. He is our second guest for the Men in March series. He grew up in Southern California in a family of boys, and now he is the husband to a wonderful wife, Sandra, has two daughters, a granddaughter, and more recently, a grandson. Pat has always been a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. He lives by his strong faith and is a profound proponent of being an encourager. You'll see what I mean. One of those friends who always has your back and can do it in the gentlest, most effective way possible. He had to do some pretty challenging negotiating on my behalf while retaining a friendship with a volatile boyfriend I had at the time. We're talking eons ago. He made me feel safe. Pat was my advocate. And you know what? He still is. We recently reconnected through social media. He's one of the men who started listening to the podcast and shared the insight he gained as a result, listening to the stories of others. We are wired to enjoy and to learn from stories. Each guest does exactly that, tells a piece of their story. I can't wait to hear some of his. Welcome, Pat. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be considered one of the men of uh, March. <laughs> yes. As long as we're not doing a calendar, I'm good. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. You All right, wanna... Pat, that is very funny. What would you like our listeners to know about you just to get started? Besides my Paul Newman-ish good looks? Oh, yes, besides that. Yeah, yeah well, I, that's a little inside joke, as we know. Um, <laughs> Well, I was born and raised in San Diego, California, in a little sleepy beach community called Pacific Beach, Uh affectionately known as PB, which you and I know very well. Yes. And it was a great place to grow up in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, early 80s. I think you'd agree with that. Yes. I am the youngest of six boys. Oh, my parents, my parents adopt, were tried to have kids and they adopted my brother, Steve because they were told they're never going to be able to have kids. And then they had five boys in the span of seven years. Oh, my gosh. And I told my dad, I said, I was used to kidding him. I said, I'm so glad it took you five till you figured out what was going on. (laughs) And he said, and then he would hit back at me saying, well, I should have stopped at four. So Ah, anyway. Rascal. um, Real rascal. But I'm the youngest of, and the, uh, tragedy was when I was three, my brother, Steve, um, passed away at 14 years old. He had a massive heart attack and was, uh, my, my dad actually found him in the bushes next to our house. And the only thing I remember about it, honestly, was seeing my living room and seeing all these people sitting around and, you know, crying. And I didn't understand really what was going on. Um, my only recollection of Steve was a picture 
of he and I oh. sitting on a bench next, next to our house in our yard. And apparently, from what I've been told over the years, he he and I were very close. He, I was the littlest, and he was the big brother, and he always kind of watched out for me. Oh. And so that kind of was the tragedy. But the interesting thing is it kind of solidified the boys. You know, wow. the five of us became very, very close. Um, we had our squabbles and everything else, but we were we were close. And, you know, we're affectionately known as, you know, the, not supposed to say, the Maddox boys. I don't know if I can say that's it. Fine, that. That's fine. That's fine. You know, the Maddox boys was what we were known as. Um, spent 12 years in Catholic school. Uh, eight of them at St. Bridget's. Actually, at one time, all five of us brothers were in St. Bridget's <laughs> at the same time. My, uh, my brother, David. He was in eighth grade and I was in first grade. Oh and my, my recollection of that was one day I had to take a note to the principal who was the teacher of my brother David's class, the eighth graders. And I remember walking in and the desks were just so tall. I looked around and go, God, they're as tall as I am. <laughs> and as it turns out, story is told. And I don't know, maybe it's folklore. I don't know. But that note was i was told was a note that informed the principal of the president kennedy being shot oh now again I, I don't have the verification of that but the timing's about right because i was right wrong. but um if that's oh true that was gosh. kind of a interesting thing so. oh my goodness anyway. oh i i had forgotten the part about your older brother passing at, at a you know teenager that's a young age well and you know as all of us did he was playing basketball at the at the rec center and realized it was really really late and he ran home and apparently ah. they knew he had a, a a bad heart but they didn't didn't know you know that's 60 years ago right they didn't know you know what to do or how extreme and so there he was, and my dad found him, and it was uh, it was uh, one of those things that kind of set a course. So, well, yeah, and that really helped form who you, your parents, and your other brothers, your family. Each one of you was absolutely. definitely formed by that. Oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. Well, that is, I really had forgotten that. Yeah. So, well, let's segue to three words you would use to describe yourself. Oh, Let's see. Well, I'm optimistically hopeful. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a half a glass half full kind of guy. So that's and good. then the other thing I would say is faith filled. Um, mm -hmm. I honestly, honestly don't. And you and I have talked about this. I don't know how anybody gets along, especially the times we're living in, without faith. Something that centers them. And for me, it's it's faith and believing that you know God's got a plan for all yeah. of our lives. And the last one I would say would be encourager. Um, oh, I love that encourager. I, I already got an I love that. Yes, you did. And that's like yes. my, my go-to response, yes. isn't it? Well, I know. I was hoping I'd get one in the first few minutes. So. And you yes. did. You did. Yeah. I don't know um, what's happening here. One of my lights is not going on like it should. And I hope that doesn't mean anything. Worst case scenario, we'll just do this all over again. Oh boy. There's this one light that should be moving and it's not. But anyway, let's keep moving. Yeah. Um, I, yes, those are very good words to describe you. But you Beautiful, know, accurate. I, 
I've thought about that a lot because I know this is one of your go-to questions. So, and kind of one of the things, that, the reverse side of that is, those are also some of the things that I struggle with on a regular basis. Mm. And, I, and, you know, for me, I have to make that conscious effort because it's very easy. One of my other characteristics, I have a tendency to be a, you know, let fear and worry and anxiety come in and kind of steal those things and get discouraged. So for me, I just feel that so it's a, it's a daily choice that you have to make. And I just think being an encourager is just a huge thing. It's uh, and uh, we have talked about this and, and that's something I love uh, to do and to be. And so um, we're, we're right there. Super simple. Yeah. That's something I love about you. Yes. And I, you. many things. Yes. Many things. Yes. Do you have two truths and a lie for us? For I me? Do. To I guess? do. Oh, I yeah. I do. I do. Good. And I, I, I spent a lot of time on this because I'm thinking, <laughs> as you know, I'm an avid listener to the program and I hear, I've heard this and it kind of concerned me the last few, you hadn't been doing it. And, I, and then, well, then you did it with your dad and he was reluctant to, to play yeah, the game. But I had to pass on over. <laughs> I thought about this. So I do have three. Okay, first, great. Number one is that I'm a scratch golfer. Okay. You know, a scratch golfer is, it means I can go out and shoot par. The other thing is, is that I was in the newspaper uh, in a diaper. And <laughs> number three is I don't have all my original parts. Ooh, scratch golfer in the newspaper in your diaper and you don't have all your original parts. I'm going to go with uh scratch golfer as the lie oh gosh is it yeah that's the lie darn I oh thought, my you know, gosh I thought you know maybe just maybe I might have stumped you but you were once again well, you proved so no I, I I thought well you know I don't know why why were you in the newspaper why was I in the newspaper? In your diapers. <laughs> was it a diaper commercial and a diaper no, ad? No, no, no. It was actually, uh, it was in the Union Tribune. You know, remember when they used to have the evening and the morning? The, the yes. Morning and the evening. I was in it because my mom was always really involved in the women's club. Okay. Because if you recall, across from my house yes. was the yes. women's club. My mm -hmm. mom was very active in it. And so they were doing something about you know, even back then about healthy babies and well babies, something or other. So there was a picture of me in a diaper sitting in us on one of those old fashioned scales. Oh my God. There I was grinning from ear to ear in my diaper. So you promise. were the, you were the, the epitome, uh, the symbol of a healthy, well baby. Okay. I'll go with that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I look back on it and that was just an embarrassing, you know, no, it was, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Well, you were the example. Yeah. What, what's the first memory you can recall? Oh gosh. That's a great one. I love that question because that brings up all kinds of things. But for me, the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that was driving cross country and, you know, Think about five boys loaded oh. into a station wagon driving, you know, and that was back oh, when it was, it wasn't gosh. rare to drive cross country. And I remember driving to Peoria, Illinois. Both my uh -huh. parents were born in Peoria, Illinois. So here's this kid from Pacific beach uh -huh. driving cross country. And the great thing was 
is I don't know if you recall when you drove cross country like that, you would stay at a ho- at a motel. We uh-huh. couldn't afford we couldn't afford hotels. Do you remember Sleepy the Bear? Mo- it was no. the travel lodge, and they had the Sleepy the Bear was the was the image on their sign. Okay, and so that's the only thing my parents could afford to put five boys and them in. So we would we would see the sign and we got all excited because they had a swimming pool. Oh, and so the first thing you would do, you'd see Sleepy the Bear from up the street, get all excited, and the first thing to see how quickly you could get in and be the first one into the pool. Oh my God. Because that was the first thing you would do. And you would be in the pool until the pool lights would go on. And then of course, mom would say, okay, everybody hang your bathing suit. Cause we only had one bathing suit. You didn't have five different yeah. bathing suits. <laughs> so you would hang your bathing suit. And of course you had to be the first one in the pool in the morning because you have to swim before you leave again. Right. And the thought of putting on that wet, cold bathing oh. suit. But that's you know but you then, did it anyway did it anyway and the old station wagon. do you remember the old station wagons where the back seat faced backwards oh my gosh yes and was that you oh yeah we always struggled because i was the youngest you know i didn't always get the best pick but you know to be able the first one there so you could watch the cars as you were driving you weren't focused on where you were going you were focused on the people behind you and, and that didn't bother you in terms of motion sickness obviously no no never at all the funny oh. little story is my brother Tom, we were in some gas station in the middle of the country and everybody piled out. It was like a scene out of out of uh, Home Alone when you know Kevin got left behind and we left Tom behind. Oh my god. And we gosh. got about a mile away and dad went, somebody went, Hey, Tom's not here. Oh and my so gosh. He pulled a quick U-turn and there's Tom sitting on the curb just in oh, tears. Of course. course. Oh yeah. my gosh. How He's traumatic. Done. He's done okay though. Yeah, He's yeah, done. yeah. He recovered. He recovered. He recovered well. What's one of your favorite movies of all time? Oh gosh, that is a tough one. It is. That really it is. is. It's it just is one, one of your favorites, not like the favorite necessarily. Well, can I, can one I, of the favorites. I gotta take a little, a little. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I need to take a little, add a little thing, something to sure. this because for me, sure. Christmas time is huge. And if, I was thinking about this. If we were, and I think I remember listening to one of yours that you did around the holidays. It might've been the one where you and Sean did your little thing. You were talking about holiday movies. I always thought to myself, okay, what is the go-to movies? So I'm going to do a holiday, but I'm also going to do the other one. The movie that I thought about that I absolutely love. First of all, I love movies. I love love stories. I mm. absolutely love a love story. I love a happy ending. I'm a. I've, Hallmark movies are like huge. I like, even though I know the how every one of them is going to end. But the movie, <laughs> I thought about a number of them. And you and I have talked about. I think I talked about with you with about Rooster Cogburn. I love the the play between John Wayne and Catherine Hepburn. You know, yes. the, sweet, the sweet and the salty was just awesome. Um, and I also love The Notebook because I just mm. love James Garner. But the mm-hmm. one I settled on was a movie, and I don't know if you'll knowing you, you'll probably know. It's called Shadowlands. Is that Anthony Hopkins and Deborah Winger? It is. Yes, and he plays C.S. Lewis. Plays C.S. Lewis, and the whole story is just phenomenal. I, anything with Anthony Hopkins, you know, 
you know was going to be a winner. Other I, than I didn't I didn't like him as Hannibal Lecter, but you know. But I he, he was good, movie. creepy though in that movie. He, he yeah he was, but that's the one that I kind of ah, I kind of okay. you know you know me I we've shared this too. I just I love a story in which the acting is really good and the and the relationship between the two of them is just I know seamless isn't a good isn't necessarily a good word but it's just it's effortless. There you go. That's a beautiful word, effortless. There's a new movie out that I don't know if you've seen and if you haven't I'd highly recommend it. It's um it's called Secret The Secret Dare to Dream. No. With, oh my gosh, with um Gosh, who it? Katie. Oh, not, what's her name? Oh gosh, can't think of her last name. Josh Lucas is in it, and I love Josh Lucas. Oh, I do too. I do too. I love Josh Lucas and Katie. Hang on a second here. Gotta, gotta get to it. Katie Holmes. Oh yeah, okay. And I've never, I've never seen a lot of movies with Katie Holmes in, but she is, she is so good in this, okay. and. You know how when you watch a movie and you just fall into their characters because they are so, their acting is so effortless and they are so good. And the story is great. It's got a love story, obviously, but I really highly recommend it. It's a great, it's just a great movie. Love okay. It. I'm going to check that out. So the name again, The Secret Dare to Dream? Dare to Dream. Oh, Dare to Dream. Dare to okay. Dream. Dare to Dream. I guess All it's right. based on novels. I guess there's some novels out. But it's just the acting is second to none. And Josh Lucas is just you'll fall in love with Josh Lucas. Of course, how couldn't you? Okay, very good. I'll have to check that out. Please do. When you were growing up, who'd you have a crush on? Oh, gosh, (laughs) we're going to have some fun at this one at my expense. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The first thing that came to my mind, the reason I love this question is because it it brought back a memory that I had absolutely forgotten. So I'm going to take you back to third grade. Okay. Third grade at Crown Point Elementary. Right. Remember, I went to St. Bridget's. St. Bridget's didn't have summer school. So I had to go to um, Crown Point for third grade. And didn't know a lot of people, knew a few people, but I walked on and there was this little blonde haired girl. <laughs> and I mean, I felt like, what's the, what's the kid, Kevin in uh, Wonder Years? He, the first time he saw Winnie Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just went, I, you know, three years, uh, third grade and I fell in love. I mean, she, I, so embarrassing. I followed her home, I think. But why is that embarrassing? It's completely oh, sweet. Uh, and and um what initiative you took just by wanting to know more yeah, about her. I th- she, I think it's admirable and it's very and, yeah, it's very and uh, this little eight-year-old. I'm how would I how old would I have been in third grade? Eight or nine years something old. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was just I was smitten, I tell you. So fast forward, fifth grade, I had to go back. And the little blonde haired girl was there, but something had changed. Oh. Either she had grown up and she didn't look like that little, I mean, she was still very pretty, but she was something, you know, and so it wasn't there. Either well, that or the I, spark, yeah. The spark was gone. So. Okay. Well, that happens. But there's one other one. Uh-huh. And that was in, in uh, either seventh or eighth grade. There, And it's, I won't. Share the name because it might even be somebody you knew. 
I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, uh, again, I was so awkward when I was in grade. I was just the most awkward kid in the world. But I mean, I even wrote notes and letters and borrowed mom's stationery to write her a letter telling her how I, you know, really like her. And she wrote little sweet ones back to me, always telling me, you know, you're a nice guy, but no, no, not that. <laughs> I even invited her, talk about how opera is. I even invited her to come look at our puppies. Back then we, we had little dachshunds. And uh -huh. so, I, uh, so she did, she looked at the dachshunds, was more interested in them than, than me, but anyway. <laughs> That's great. That was kind of the crushes. I was, I was, oh. a, I was a goofy kid. Oh, that's so sweet that you, again, that you put yourself out there. I think that takes a lot of courage. Now, women do struggle with worth. You have two daughters and yes, you have I a do. wife. What, what would you say to them about their worth? You know, that's, uh, that's one that kind of breaks my heart because I, I, I live with that. I mean, I see that. And it was really, I thought about this the other day. You know, growing up with all boys, um, didn't really understand the whole, it shows God's humor again. God decided, you know what, I'm going to give him a couple of girls and surround him. Even the, even the animals were female. So it was like, but I've seen that, you know, firsthand and it's, it's really, really heartbreaking. And, you know, first of all, I, I just think number one, what the world calls, you know, value puts mm -hmm. value on to me is flawed and right. almost, a, almost a lie. Oh, um, yes. And, you know, I see it, it, you know, when you see all the selfies and everything, you just sit there and go, man, I don't, don't you realize where your value truly comes? You know, God, right. you know, for me, you know, God, it's remembering who you're, whose image you're created in. Mm -hmm. The other thing too, that I think is it's not just something that women struggle with. You know, ah, men struggle with that too. Okay. I mean, I struggled with that much of my life. I mean, I really did. Even, even to this point, you know, you you question whether you've met, you know, uh, all that was expected of you. Right. Um, and I I battle that a lot. And you know, but remembering again, you were created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. not in the image of what you see on Facebook or what you see on social media, what you see in magazines. Right. And his standard is completely different than the world standard. Mm -hmm. And he, um, just, I love this story. You know, God, God takes ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. So that means that he looks at you and I and anybody else, any woman, anybody out there as extraordinary. And, you know, my whole thing is I just, I just feel as though we need to really focus on the fact that the God that created everything that we look at from the minute you wake up in the morning and open your eyes, all the beauty that you see, he created till the time you go to bed, everything you see is, has the master's hand on it. And he created you in his image. Mm -hmm. And the value that should be found in that and believed is so important. Thank you for that. That's really well said and quite beautiful. So now I'm going to ask you about wisdom. What's a piece of wisdom that you keep handy? I, I like to think of this as, you know, we have a lot of things that we 
kind of pull from or pull on? Is there a particular piece of wisdom you'd like to share with us? The, the one that comes to my mind is don't let another's opinion determine the height of your enthusiasm. Oh, who said now, that? That's wonderful. I'm not sure. It may have been Norman, like a Norman Vincent Peale, but it, or it may okay. have been one of those unknowns, which, mean, uh, which means you get to take credit for it. So no. okay. say it one more time. One. Say it one more time. Don't let someone, another's opinion determine the height of your enthusiasm. Oh, my gosh. And the I reason I love that, and I know a lot of people, and I know I, I've heard you talk about it quite often, about passion and being passionate about what you do, mm-hmm. passion that you have now in what you're doing. Um, and I think enthusiasm breeds passion. Mm. When you're really enthused about something, you know, they could go, you could look at them as going hand in hand. But I'm my, looking at that, yes. In my point of view, I feel as though enthusiasm breeds passion. And when you're passionate about something, you know, it's just, it's a whole different ballgame. I love that. All right. So I had some other questions for you, but in our pre-talk, we decided that you actually had thought about and wanted to uh, delve into this topic of being an encourager, which we talked about as, as one of your three words. So how, how do you feel, how do you know that you are an encourager? How do you what does that look like to you? How do you feel that that sort of that call on your life to be an encourager? Well, I've always been, you know, it's really simple too. And that's why I think I mentioned to you in a, in a devotional I read, it said, become, uh, be a, be a encourage, no, be a Barnabas today. And Barnabas is you and I kind of discussed it means son of encouragement and got me looking a little bit into the story of Barnabas. You know, Barnabas wasn't his real name. His name was Joseph. Um, but Barnabas, the story of Barnabas, he comes onto the scene in the book of Acts and he he sells a piece of property he has and he brings the money and gives it to the apostles for their ministry. And he comes alongside of them. He's not the main, he's not the main guy. He's the guy that comes along and encourages them and says, Hey, you guys can do this. Um, and then you see through in other places where he's He's constantly popping up as an encourager. And the thing that I gathered from that, be be a Barnabas today, was the fact that it doesn't take a lot. And everybody can do it. Everybody can choose to be. It can be as simple as a kind word. What Mm -hmm. got me really thinking about this, Rochelle, was, and it may have even been something that you had done previously when you had some of the ladies come and you talked about, about 2020 and what they glean from it and what the positives and such, you know, one of the things that is really troubling for me about it. And I I don't know why, but I just, I just find myself like when I go to the grocery store and I see more and more people, I'm not against wearing a mask when you're being around people like that, not at all. But what saddens me is the fact that what is the number one thing for me, there's the eyes, but also the smile. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. when you put the mask on, suddenly where's the where's the smile? Right. And where and where's that chance where you, you know, at the grocery store I used to take the kids off. That was kind of my thing after the kids came. I became the grocery guy. We'd go to the grocery store together and I'd love to embarrass them, but 
you can in conversations. <laughs> oh, I, I would go, we have a place up here called Food for Less, and I love to just, they play oldies, and I would sing, you know, as a dance around with the cart, and they get so upset with me, but I love it. <laughs> I love it. But it, it just, what, I don't know, it just kind of, it kind of saddens me that now we don't see smiles. We don't see people's smiles. That smile, I loved, I still do, I love when I'm walking from the parking lot to the grocery store, I see people, I smile at them and say, hey, how you doing? Right. And, always, and it gets a smile from somebody. Right. You know, it brightens up their day. So for me, um, I've always been one that would try to use Primity's name. If I go up to somebody, you know, they're taking care of me and I see they have a bad, I'll call them by their name. You know, people love to hear their name. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I love to do is just say hi, just smile and just, but on top of that is coming alongside about, and I thought about this too, in the terms of what all's going on in our world right now. I said, you know, if you encourage someone, you come alongside of someone, I mean, where where's there room for tension? Where's there room for disagreement? Where's there room, you know? To me, it's just something that's a simple little thing that we can all do to lift each other up and come alongside of each other and put a little smile in somebody's face. Yeah. And if we do that, then it's, you're being seen, you know, Mm -hmm. I see you, you see me, that, that acknowledgement of another person. And then that, that, yeah, that could be the beginning of uh, better understanding and being open Mm -hmm. and agreeing that we are going to see things differently and that is the way it's supposed to be. I mean, we are supposed to have, we're not all supposed to have the same opinion. No. So, but, but being respectful and kind, and we have talked about this on the show as well, uh, towards others who may not share our opinion, I think is so critical. And I, I think that's something that's been missing and I'm, mm-hmm that's something that I'd like to see come back. Um, Pleasantness, civility. And then it's actually even more than that because I would, you know, if I had to rate them, I mean, there's civil, there's pleasant and kindness and then encouraging. I don't know if those even, it could be like a ladder, but encouraging someone you invest in them on some level mm-hmm. whether it's very briefly in the hello the hi the smile the name there there is um there is an investment there no doubt and yeah and i i think that that is what you're speaking into and i i would i like that you use the barnabas analogy because he was not looking for the spotlight He was so content to be the right-hand man. Right. And, you know, we can't all be the main attraction. We need a lot of right-hand people. And and really, I I think there's, in some ways, even more value in that. You know, not looking for the recognition. I agree with you 100%. You know, and I love, I actually am much more comfortable in that particular role, you know, coming alongside and, you know, being, being the encourager, you know, cause it's important that, you know, there, there's so much out there that drags you down on a daily basis mm-hmm. and it's getting more and more. And I, you know, 
bringing Paul, I don't necessarily want to bring politics into it because, you know, you and your dad, I was a little concerned about, you know, <laughs> but you know, there, there yes. no, it, it, I guess because, you know, when you start having grandkids and things like that, you start looking at, you know, what they're going to grow up into, you know, and I'm so fed up with politics, right. And politicians in that whole thing, because there is no, there is no encouragement. There's no encouragers. What if you had somebody in, that would encourage one another on the other side? Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it just the very, the very essence of the way it is. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna draw this line, and you're gonna sit on that side, and you're gonna sit on that side, mm-hmm. and somehow we're gonna, we're gonna work together. But you're gonna work from over there, and I'm gonna work from over here. Right. And suddenly, the people that you're working for. Or an afterthought, and that just—it just really, really bothers me. And I don't know how to get that back. Right. Um, but you know, I love the story, and I'm sure you've heard the story about the little boy. It's, there was a big storm, and the little boys walking along, and all the starfish washed up on the shore. And the little boy is walking along, and he's picking them up, and he's throwing them back into the water one by one. He goes, "There's one, there's one," and some guys watching him comes up to him and goes, "Goes." You know, what are you doing? He goes, I'm throwing the starfish. He goes, don't you realize there's so many of them? Hi, you're not going to be able to make a difference. And he said, I did with that one. Oh, yes. I have heard that before, but I had forgotten about it. Yeah, that's such that's a beautiful story. A great story. It really is. And it does make a difference. And it really comes full circle to everything you've been talking about, which is being encouraging and doing what you can where you are in the smallest of ways. It does add up. It does make a difference. We don't have any idea the impact we might have on somebody by doing something very small. Or, you know, if we sat and thought about it, we could think of things that people have said or done for us that they don't even realize the impact they have had on us. And that's that's the beauty of it is that we're not doing it for the recognition, but just for the sake and the getting to do it. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. I get to do it. And I know that's how you feel too. Yeah. And that's why I love the story. Like you said, the story of Barnabas, it wasn't him that gave him this, that name. It was the apostles that named him. So they saw something in him to call him the son of encouragement. Right. And that's even better when someone else recognizes that and and you don't feel as though you have to, you know, be out there doing it. It's just something that comes naturally. And you see him again, he appears where he's with the Apostle Paul. He's helping the Apostle Paul while he's doing his ministry. And it's just, it's just a powerful testament about what one person can do. And if I firmly believe that if we're going to get back civility, that civility, that kindness, that friendship that we need, um, it's going to have to be with that type of effort. And it's one person at a time. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. Thank you. I could not agree with you more. So you go on encourage, I'll go on encouraging, and we will just like a swelling of encouragement, you know, like a just a movement of encouragement. I absolutely love it. Pat, you have been a fabulous guest. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on the show and you know what being you just being you you make it real easy 
<laughs> and I do, I do want to leave with an encouragement. And I would okay, never, please. I would never call you an ordinary person <laughs> at all. But there is little or no doubt that you're doing something extraordinary. Oh, and gosh. which I would expect nothing less of you. Oh, I feel teary with you saying well, that. Oh, that's so sweet. It's just the truth. I mean, in the oh. fact that you know um, that you took that you went out and you did something that you felt passionate about. And I mean, and you're, you know, you're an encouragement to a lot of people, you know, and you've had some incredible guests. I, one of the, one of the things that I was nervous, I'm going, geez, that's a, those are tough acts to follow. But see, that's the thing. You're not following anybody. You're just showing up as you. That, that is the, that is the thing. And I'm unabashed about it. Yes, you are. I love it. And I love your tagline. Unabashed, unabashed you from the men's point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there was a couple questions you had that I was really looking forward to answering. Oh, really? I know we don't have time. Yes. We're, time, is, time has flown. Time has flown. Well, hey, you know what? We can always have you on again. I would be honored. That's wonderful. I could be the I could be the man of the holidays. I don't know, man of the holidays. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah. that gives yeah. me some food for thought. Well, well as thank. I told, as I told you before, I feel fortunate because I get to hear you every week. So oh, see, you're such you a devoted listener. I love I that. Am. Thank you. See what I an encourager am. you are. You're such an encourager. Yeah, it's easy. I love it. Everybody, love it. go out and become a Barnabas today. Yes, I love that. Right. Thank you. Thank you, you Pat. Bet. I'll You're talk so to you welcome. soon. Alrighty. Okay. Take All care. Right. Bye. Bye. If we come alongside each other in encouragement, we really can make a difference, even in the smallest of ways. So one person at a time, let's get civility, kindness, and friendship back and invest in others. Let's make it a movement. It can start with you. It can start with me. Go out and be a Barnabas today. The Anabashed You website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode. Each episode's audio is embedded on its own page at unabashedyou.com. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Verbal. V-U-R-B-L, you are invited to subscribe, rate, and review. It makes a difference. Social media accounts are as follows. Instagram at Unabashed You. Facebook, the account is Rochelle Renee, R-E-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-E-N-A-E. And the page is Unabashed You. Twitter at Rochelle Renee. If you have questions or comments or want to be a guest, email us at unabashedyou at gmail.com. We depend on website visits, social media, and word of mouth to share these episodes. We are excited to grow knowing that these conversations help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. So continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our blessing. Sometimes we expect more from others than we get because we'd be willing to do that much for them. Keep giving because it makes you feel good, not because you need them to give back. In the end, it is the giver that gets the biggest gift of all.
and that is by Lisa Prozen. Amen to that. So women now and men listening, go be unabashed. Be you. 